Hey, welcome to a new series called All In. An interesting term uh, that we use every once in a while when we're dialoguing, I guess, behind the scenes, if you would. Many years ago, we brainstormed our values. When you walk into Open Life, you see this banner that kind of gives our vision and practices, connecting, serving, sharing, and, and then it has these values written out. And, and originally when Open Life started, there were some other wording in those values, and we went through a clarifying moment. If I remember right, it was 2014, and uh, just kind of asking ourselves, what is a value and what's an aspirational value? We were reading a book called The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni, and he just, he defined this aspirational value as something that you want to be, but honestly, you're not living that out. And is it a real value, or is it just kind of an aspiration? And maybe you don't write that down so that you simplify what are we really uh, uh, on your value statements so that you can behave accordingly. And so uh, that one didn't make the list. We're all in. But we often talk about being all in when we're weighing a project we're doing or, uh, you know, a moment like um, what we're experiencing right now with Finn Hall. And, and, and it kind of birthed the desire for this, this series, the next four weeks. I look at, uh, man, what would it look like if more and more people were all in with their faith? like just completely surrendered to the Lord, meaning there's no area of their life that they're saying, ah, I'll give you this, but I'm going to hold back on giving you this, right? Or I know you want this, but I'm only going to go this far. What if we just went all in and let the Lord into every area of our life, live life open, yeah, completely surrendered? I believe that uh, followers of Jesus would begin to thrive and experience true life like God intends, that peace of mind. Uh, and there's some all-in moments in Scripture. We're going to look at four of them. And really, even in the context of those four, re refer to a few others. And uh, God is really going to help us lean in and align our heart with his heart this summer. So let's jump right in. Man, this particular this particular series is timely, like I said, because of our going all in to purchase our first ministry space. It's a stretch and it's an opportunity that presented itself that we couldn't let pass by. And yet it's uh, beyond our, our means to purchase this building formerly known as Finn Hall. And uh, so it's an, it's an all in moment. And there's, there's no other story in scripture, I think, that was as emphasized and uh, as powerful regarding Jesus blessing an all-in spirit, if you would, uh, than what we're going to read in just a moment. In fact, it's a pivotal moment in the Gospels. It's written in all four Gospels. The only miracle of Jesus recorded in all four Gospels. And Jesus did some crazy miracles that you would think would be in everything, right? Like he, he, he raised the dead to life. That's a big deal. Um, he, he spit in mud and put it in a dude's eyes that could not see. And he all of a sudden saw. Personally, I think 
if you spit in mud and you put mud in my eye, I'm gonna struggle seeing. My contacts are gonna be all jacked up. I don't know. Uh, he healed a demon-possessed guy living in a graveyard who couldn't even be chained down, who had a legion of demons in him. Big story, right? An incredible moment. You can't make stuff up like this. How about Jesus walking up to the coffin in a, in a processional with a, a mother who lost her last the child, you know, she lost her, her family and she's grieving and he raises the boy from the coffin, the child from the coffin. I just look at that and I go, what? But the one that makes it in to all of these accounts of the gospel, the one that makes the cut that all the writers and the Holy Spirit initiating those writings wanted them to put in the content was an all-in moment. This miracle about one person, an unexpected individual, one single act of generosity, and it impacted uh, beyond expectancy and shows the power of a single act of generosity and how it can impact everyone. Let's go to Mark 6, 34. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things, and late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, will you feed them? With what? They said. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. Well, how much bread do you have? He asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, looked up towards heaven, blessed them, then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish to everyone to share. And get this, verse 42, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers, leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Now, don't want to trigger anybody, but back in the day, they only counted the men. Sorry, that's 2,000 years ago, but that means there could have been as many as 20,000 people there or more, and they had five loaves and two fish. Now, where did they come from? I love that the Gospel of John actually gives us the intel. John 6, 9 says, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? What good is that, right? Young boy willing to give his everything. What good is that? Well, in the hands of Jesus, it's all you need. It's all he needed because he was ready to do the greatest miracle. 
of all. It was so vivid. So many people there had such a beautiful demonstration of the power of God. So our big idea today is all in generosity impacts everyone. Everyone. So what do you mean? What do you mean by all in, Thad? I've shared a little bit about that, but I mean you are giving all of what God is asking for. Now, this doesn't mean it's your moment where he's looking at you saying, I want you to sell everything and give it to the poor. Well, unless he's asking you to sell everything and give it to the poor, I would do it. It's that like, man, if he's saying, I'm asking you to, to give of your time every Sunday, or I'm asking you to give of your time every week to serve the food banker. I'm giving you this ask so that you can give of your labor towards remodeling, or I'm giving that, you know, I don't know what he's asking, but what he is asking, what if we gave it all? And not, okay, Lord, I understand you're asking this, but all I really can do is this. What if we gave it all? Put it in his hands. That's what we're talking about. And I love this story. I love this story because it shows us what happens if we put our faith, if we put our trust, if we put our obedience 100% out there. And this unlikely person who does it is a boy, a young boy who somehow gets this. Let's just envision it. You can put yourself in the story. Let's let's imagine being there and it's like uh, they had just come from a place where there's a big crowd and and so they couldn't feed them either. They they hop in a boat and but people hear where he's going and so he hops out of the boat and it's a large crowd there and that's where we pick up the story. He begins to to teach them and you're like, oh man, you know, one of his disciples, you're getting out of the boat because you're chilling with Jesus. You're one of his men, you know, his, his people. And you get out and you're like, look at the, this, our big, Peter, this is the biggest crowd yet. I know, James, this is amazing. You know, and you're, you're hanging out, you get, get out of the boat, you walk up and, and Jesus sees the crowd and he just jumps into it, right? You're like, Lord, I, I hope this is a, a, a good message today. And, and, and Jesus just starts to teach and he starts to preach and he's, and, and you're like, yes. And you're looking at the crowd, seeing how they're engaging. And you're like, yes, this is what we're learning, you know, and you're all about it. You're enthusiastic and, and zealous and, and nine turns into 10 and it's like an hour. Yeah, this is a great message, man. They're still engaged. And then it's 11 and then it's 12. And, and then you're, as the disciples, you're like, he's, he's really given the whole series, you know? And then it's like, you know, one and you're like, wow, the buffet's going to close the, they're going to close up brunch at farm 12. What do we do? You know? And you're kind of like figuring out this pizzas are all going to be sold at Carlson block. What's going to happen? And, and your stomach's growling a little bit. You're a disciple. You're all in with Jesus and you're going to stay there and, and stay connected. And, and at what point in time did the disciples actually go, oh, Peter, come here, you know, James, get over here, John. Okay. I don't know. Have you guys been here in my stomach? Cause I am starving <laughs> and we have been listening to him this is, I didn't, I mean, he's really given it all and uh, it's getting late. It's almost dinner time. And these people, we're far from anything. Uh, so I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, 
get food in my stomach before I pass out out here. This is rough. And uh, what do you say we, like Jesus is really into the people here. So maybe if we tell him, the, maybe the people are hungry. Now, obviously this is not written in the Bible. I'm dramatizing, I'm imagining. And this is a little life in Thad's brain moment, right? Because they go up and somebody gets, you know, you go, you go, you go. Okay, I'll, I'll roll, I'll, I'll do it. So you, you know, they roll up to Jesus and they're like, I want to say, Jesus, this has been an incredible day. I'm really into the fact that you're preaching all of your series at once. This has been crazy. And people are into it. Look at the amount of people out there. But um, they're looking hungry, aren't they? And I'm just, for them, wondering if, because they're hungry, if we could... I mean, it's been great, but let's wrap it up and uh, put a bow on it and send them because it's going to be a while before they eat if they go out to like the farms and stuff. And, and it's like, Jesus is like, well, you, you feed them. <gasps> I guarantee the disciple, whoever asked, was not like ready for that. <laughs> was he? It was just like, well, my, well uh, I don't make, I walked away from everything and uh, I don't have any money, but that would take a half year wage if I was gonna buy money or buy food for all these people. So, uh, Jesus, you sure about this, <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be a, uh, an incredible moment that you're just like, I don't know, Jesus, if this is what I'm supposed to do, but he's like, you feed them. They go out and what do they find? Man, they ate their food, they ate their food. There's one boy who had his head on straight that said, this is going long. I think I'm gonna stick my lunch here so that I have something for when I'm, I'm going home. But the disciples make their way to him and somehow he's just like, well, I was saving this for the way home, but does anybody have any food? Does anybody have any food? Um, I have this, it's just five loaves and two fish. And he puts it in the hands of the disciples who then put it in the hands of Jesus and they never run out of food. Jesus blesses it. Uh, how many of you know this could never happen today? It, I mean, where would we be in the community? That's We're hanging out, we have a, a stadium or, or, or something, we're, we're giving a message and it's like, you walk out to people with bread and they're like, mm. What kind of is what kind of bread is that? Like, where did we source the wheat from? Because I'm really, I want to make sure it was from our own state because that's the only bread I'm eating. <laughs> or maybe it would have been like, uh, I'm trying to avoid gluten right now because you know I just think it's good for my digestive. And uh, so I, uh, do you have like a cauliflower roll or? <laughs> I don't know. It would have been crazy. Yeah, man, I was just chilling. I was vibing on Netflix the other day and I watched Seaspiracy, which just told me it's like really cruel to fish. So I just can't eat the fish, bro. You know, it would have been impossible. But back 2000 years ago, it says something beautiful. Everyone ate. Everyone was filled, they were satisfied. This is an incredible 
moment. Not only were they satisfied, but the disciples who started with five loaves and two fish make their way back with an entire basket full of leftovers. And if they had leftovers, and if you've ever been to a party, you know that the people had leftovers too. And so they took leftovers and the disciples got additional leftovers. There's leftovers to go all around. That's satisfied. That's what an incredible miracle. And all of this was made possible because a boy goes all in with his lunch bag. He goes all in and puts what he has in the hands of Jesus so that he can do a miracle of multiples. All in generosity impacts everyone. So what can we learn from this all in moment? Like what can we pack in our our challenge box to align ourselves with and really process here today. Our first thought is this, everyone is invited to participate, to participate in generosity. This little boy had to have been the least qualified, right? The least likely contributor. I'm sure they were asking the family, not expecting the boy to present his lunch as the only food in the crowd, but he became the most willing. He was just willing to surrender. And it's not the quantity you give, as is proven here. It's the heart in which you give that makes an impact in the world around us. I read this quote, kingdom generosity is not dictated by what's in your bank account, but by what's in your heart. Giving to God is is a heart transaction. It's not a financial transaction. So we shouldn't treat it as such, right? It's like, how much of my heart can I give the Lord? All that love wells up and that adoration wells up and and the Holy Spirit and anticipation of uh, of being a part of something that is bigger than yourself. uh, and, And you all of a sudden give out of your overflow. You have something that overflows out of you and it's this gift. It's this generosity. And that one moment of generosity can mean the difference in someone else's legacy. I love that I've been a part of multiple building projects over the course of my lifetime. And to think of the people that I've never even met that are impacted by those facilities and that they're meeting in and learning in and being discipled in. And and I just look at that and go, thank you, God, that I was willing to stick my neck out and make a faith promise or or give a gift on the, on the fly. And I, I'm a part of the fruit of that legacy. It's an honor. And uh, I, just, I just hope that we all can be in that place. Because imagine years ahead, this boy. I mean, imagine he's at the, the, the city celebration, or he, he's at the, the Bonnie Lake days, or Tahale days, or, or Buckley Log show of his time, and, and he's hanging out, and, and people are in a circle, and they're just having fun, and they're reminiscing, and they're like, oh, remember that time, all of our families, we were just little, but all of our families were chilling in that meadow, listening to the Son of God, and, uh, and he was teaching all day. We thought we were going to die of hunger. These there's no way we would ever eat that day. And we're, we're just dying and like, mom, dad, let's go. Mom, dad, let's go. And they never went. And then all of a sudden, those guys brought us all that food. And we just, oh, it was like the best bread I've ever had in my life. I've never had fish like it, you know? And you're just sitting in, that boy has grown up now in the corner just going, I remember that day. 
better than anybody who's telling the story I remember that day because it all started by surrender. I just kind of envision there's a moment where we'll get to go full circle and celebrate stuff like that. And it may be in heaven, but our reward is full on earth, right? In the moment we surrender it. Uh, we do the same thing the disciples did then though, uh, honestly. We look at our gifts we have to give. We look at our lunch bag, we look, whatever that equates in your world. And we're like, what good is this? That's what they said about the boys' lunch. They're like, five loaves, two fish. What good is this when there's 20,000 people here? What good is my gift? But Jesus is like, give it to me and I'll show you. Give it to me and I'll shock you. Give it to me and then the miracle will begin. But you have to surrender it first, right? Uh, don't restrict the flow. Don't disqualify your overflow because you don't think it's enough. Because you're comparing yourself to someone else. As we shared in Win the Day, the series, a few series ago, we were like, don't despise small beginnings. Do something. Whatever it is that God's asking you to do, do all of it. I mean, we need to break the comparison thing anyway, because it's easy to look and go, man, it's easy to point at someone who, who we think can, because they just look like they have some extra, right? I No, they've gone on five vacations last year. They can do it or I'm counting on them to do it. Honestly, we do that in our neighborhood. There's a great photographer in our neighborhood and we'll look outside and we'll go, oh, this is gonna be an incredible sunset. Hope Ian takes a picture of it. <laughs> That's like we do that all the time uh, in our neighborhood. There's the hot air balloons. Hope Ian gets a picture of it and puts it on the Facebook group. I mean, that's just, but we can't do that with our generosity. We can't do that with our faith. Oh, I hope they live out the faith. No, we need to engage. That's where full life comes from. Don't excuse yourself because you don't have the gift of generosity. The gift of generosity is a real thing. It's listed in the Bible, and that means there's some people who God blesses, and they understand finances, and he has wired them to give above and beyond. They're going to build the kingdom through their giving, but that doesn't dismiss us from participating and being generous and having that same culture in our life, even if we don't have the gift of generosity. And then resist. Another thing that we can do is resist that one-day mindset. Man, I'm not going to be able to do anything here, but I know God's urging me to, but one day I'll follow that unction. Start today. Don't despise the small beginnings because we can all give something. I don't know what that boy made. Maybe he was in a, maybe he got an allowance from his parents and that's why he had the extra loaves or maybe he was the one holding the food for the whole family and, and, and he offered it up and the family was like, oh, uh, we weren't gonna you know, let them know we had that. I don't know what that moment was like, but the reality is whether you get an allowance, you can participate. <laughs> You're a starving college student, you can participate individually, like yourself, right? Or man, you're a business owner. You can participate. Uh, I just look at, it doesn't matter what, where we're at. It's not about who can be generous. It's about, are we faithful with the generosity God's leaning in on us to give? Okay, look, listen to this thought. Thought two, Jesus can only miraculously multiply what's surrendered from your hands. If you keep a hold of it, he's not going to take it away. God is looking for faith 
and trust and open hands and not tight fists, right? Uh, We do not serve an entitled bully who takes our stuff. That's not at all God's heart. That's not at all the way he is, an entitled bully. In fact, I've had to teach this character trait to kids before. uh, When I was a youth pastor, I remember one extremely hardcore kid who made a decision to follow Jesus and uh, was just a a real thug, and he would admit it. Uh, And he went to school after giving his life to Jesus, and he comes back with enthusiasm to youth service the next week. And he's like, I led a bunch of people to Jesus this week. And my mind's just like, you know, how did you do that? And he's like, man, it was incredible. I would grab them like normal. But this time when I threw them up against their locker, I would say, give your life to Jesus or I'll kill you. And I was like, you what? You can't do that. You know, that's not like, that is great heart, wrong method. And uh, I can look back and laugh at that now, but you couldn't do that today. I was just like, this is a a train wreck. Well, Jesus didn't do that either. He didn't say to the disciples, go out there. And if anybody has food, you look them in the eyes and you tell them, that's mine, buddy. Go steal lunches. You're like the lunch bully. No, not at all. They did not go out there and go, boy, give me that bag or I'm going to pop you. (laughs) No, that's not God. God's like, I'll let you keep it if you want that, but it's only going to feed you. But if you give it to me, it's going to feed everyone and you spiritually and physically. That's what God's calling out of us. I guarantee you'll hunger no more if you give this. What a promise. No way he could have anticipated that. I love how Luke writes this in in Luke 6, 38. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You witness that there with that meal. Extra baskets, way more than was given, came back. Uh, We've personally experienced that. I remember when we were doing a building campaign at Eastridge Church in Issaquah, Dana and I felt a number firmly implanted in our heart, a weird number too. It wasn't like an even number. It was like a weird number. So we write that number down on our faith promise and really felt like we were supposed to give it before we had it. We were so nervous and uh, we didn't know where it was going to come from, but we just felt in faith. I'm going to write this down. And disclaimer, it doesn't work this way every time, but we just wrote the check and that tells you how long ago it was. We actually wrote a a physical check. But anyway, we wrote a check and we uh, gave it and it was um, just a, a few weeks later, all of a sudden in the mail, we have random checks that come to us from the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. And we open up these checks and they're dated the three years previous. And when you total the amount, it was like $13 more than what we had just given in that building campaign, which was a lot a lot of money. And so we were just like, how is this? What is this? My dad's an accountant. I remember calling him going, I got these checks from my IRS. What do I do? He's like, cash them, run. No, he's like, deposit them. You could call and check if it's real or not. So we did. We were like, what is this? Like, is this a trick or, or what? And we deposited them in the bank and we were like, give and it'll come back to you. It came back to us. We were 
blown away. And honestly, you can't outgive God was real. And uh, the, the key is that we just lived with an open hand from that moment on. Like we've not, I don't doubt God's giving back at all. Give and it comes back to you. Sometimes that's in eternity. Sometimes it's right now. And our mind gets blown. And some of you need to break the clenched fist open. Maybe you'd call it the mine, mine, mine spirit, you know? And we're just like, no, that's mine. Oh, that's mine. Uh, that's mine. And we get in this way. If you've ever been around kids or had kids, you've seen this play out. <laughs> Invite somebody over for a play date. All is good. But until the other child plays with something of your child's and it's like mine. And then there's this war that breaks out. And if they keep doing it for too long, you lose your sanity. You come in, you're like, well, it's not yours anymore, boy. It's going to be theirs. You know, and you're trying to like, ah, it is a crazy moment. Um, and, and I think we do the same thing to God. He's like, man, I'd really love for you to be a part of this miracle. Will you give that? No, well, God, that's mine. Oh, then, man, if you would just offer this, that's like mine. Oh, well, then what if we do this? Well, yeah, Lord, that's, that's mine too. And we miss out on the miraculous because we didn't put it in, in his hands. We miss out on truly being fed because I need to hold on to this. That's all I have to eat. So this is a trust and control issue. And in our hands, it will bless us. It'll provide for us. But in Jesus' hands, it can bless and provide for the world around us, for everyone around us. And God wants us to experience the miraculous. And he wants to do the miraculous through us. Final thought, thought three, there are blessings reserved for the generous. Like there are specific generous for those who give. Acts 20, 35 says this at the end of the verse. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And we say that now. Oh, it's better to give than to receive. Like it's it's now a phrase used commonly in culture, not knowing it came from the Bible. But God wants us to, to live a life marked by blessing. And that blessing that comes from giving, right? Uh, I think of of the story in Mark 12. Here's an all-in moment within an all-in talk. Mark 12, 41, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. That was her all-in moment. The world is saying, get more, keep more, so you'll live what's really life. And we have FOMO and we think, man, I'm going to miss out if I don't hold on to this because they've got an RV and they've got a jet ski and, and they've got a boat and I need a boat. I need to keep this so I can buy the boat. And man, I'd give 10%, but 
I can't do that now because I'm I bought this house and I had to have this house because they had this house and 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 it's like oh I want that toy because he's got that toy and I want an Xbox because they've got an Xbox and I can't play Fortnite anymore on my iPad so I've got to get an Xbox and you know it's just the reality is the world around us is throwing this message at us spend it on you spend it on you because you got to live up to this but Jesus has given us the opposite message surrender i'm going to give you plenty of opportunities surrender be generous give all that i ask and you'll experience life beyond what you imagined when you cross the line of being all in generous you reach life to the full like you never thought possible well we have an action question for you this week i want you to ponder this talk i want you really to to let it sink in. And, and here's, the, here's the question I want to ask you. What needs to change in order for you to go all in with your generosity? Like what changes do you need to make in order for you to say yes to God and to open up your hands and say, God, I surrender to you. Um, what has God spoken to you today? What are you going to do now with what he shared? I want you to ponder those when you wake up each day this week. <laughs> and probably, or maybe you never got to sleep because it's so hot. I don't know. <laughs> ponder it while you can't go to sleep in the heat. And like, God, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want me? What part am I going to play in your story? And when he gives you that part, say yes. Here I am, Lord. Here are my gifts for you. I pray that you step out in obedience. And yes, I pray that you, you give generously above and beyond what you thought possible for the Finn Hall Established Legacy Project. But this message is not about that. This message is about a culture that I really believe we get to live out in the presence of the world around us that is gonna impact everybody, our neighbors, our coworkers, our families. And they'll take note because we're blessed even though we're countercultural, God, I pray for you. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to enjoy a service together right here online. And I pray that God, as we're processing this week, man, what needs to change in order for myself to go all in with generosity? And I pray that God, you'll be very clear in your communication to everybody. Give us ears that would hear, minds that would know, eyes that would see how you're challenging us to step out and be obedient to all of what you're asking. I pray that God, you would begin to speak to our time, our talents, our treasures, and that we would go all in in all those areas. And God, I thank you for this illustration through this miracle recorded in all four of the gospels. There are the stories of Jesus. And the fact that this boy surrendered that lunch to you and you multiplied it beyond what is even fathomable. It's impossible to understand that moment. But that's what you can do if we put our lives in your hands. If we put what you're asking for in your hands instead of holding on to it ourselves, you bless it, you do the miraculous. God, would you do the miraculous through us? First and foremost, if, if, if you're watching this and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, just invite him into your life. Jesus, come into my life. I wanna follow you as Lord and Savior of my life. And I wanna begin to experience these blessings that are spoken of today. And, and I wanna be a generous spirit in the world around me. God, I thank you for what you're doing right now through all those 
who participated in this online service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for being with us. Thank you for enduring the heat. We're praying for you. And uh, enjoy the rest of this day. Blessings on you.